Travel Tidbits podcast, hosted by the agents of Pineapple Escapes. Join us as we discuss the latest in travel news, destinations, and tips for the savvy traveler. After all, travel makes life sweeter. Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Travel Tidbits podcast. I'm Jamie Weidel, travel agent and owner of Pineapple Escapes. This week, I am very excited to have Laura and Sharon joining me to discuss tipping while traveling. This is a surprisingly fraught topic, and I've been surprised regarding the uncertainty and kind of overall unknown of the process of tipping in some of the conversations I've had with my clients and with some of my friends. So I thought this would be a great episode for us to kind of talk about the tipping process with different types of trips. So let's go ahead and jump right into our at the core this week. Sharon, let's start with you. Talk to me a little bit about your tipping philosophy and how you tip when you're traveling. Sure. So when I travel, I try to think of tipping in ways as I would if I was at home. If I'm being provided a service, you know, whether it's the person doing my hair or the waiter and waitress at a restaurant, some small towns, if we visit, you may stay, may still have those gas stations that actually has an attendant who pumps gas for you. I know that's very old. I don't know if there's some places that still do that, but those people like that provide that service that you not only pay them for the service that they're providing you, but then you just give them that little bit of extra. And so when we are traveling, I tried to think of it that way. And I think ahead so that it's not a burden on me or my family when we are traveling because it's already budgeted in. For instance, when we go to Walt Disney World, that's that's an easy one. I know exactly where we'll be eating. I'll know exactly who we'll be interacting with while we're there, the cast members, and who will need to be tipped and who won't be. And so it can be part of that budget when I'm thinking of how much money am I going to need. And not only that, but prior to going, I can make sure I have pulled out cash, those fives, ones, maybe some tens that I'm going to need. So it makes it easy. You know, I can slip Robert maybe like two tens and say, hey, this is for tip A and tip B. And I generally try to let him handle that as the man that it's not that I'm not capable of doing it. But generally, I'm gathering the boys together or doing those things. And it's just easier like to prepare him that morning for what's going to be and let him run with that. But just that planning of what we're going to need and what we're not going to be. If we're going on a road trip, that's not as easy necessarily to plan for. You'll know, okay, well, we're going to go to these restaurants. We're going to have this. But sometimes you interact with those people who provide you that service that you do just want to show a little bit of love to and that you may not realize. So I always just try to plan for those incidentals that I just didn't realize was going to happen that did so that I'm fully prepared for it. I think that's a great way to look at it. So I kind of think of myself sometimes as an over tipper, but like you, I always want to I guess, show that extra appreciation for the services that are provided to me. And so I do try to budget for that when I'm planning for my trips. So Laura, what are your thoughts? How do you budget for tipping when you're planning your vacations? Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate having worked 
in an industry that relied heavily on tips when I was in college, I do tend to over tip as well, especially like servers and people that I know that are not necessarily making even a minimum wage. And so for us, when we travel, like Sharon, we, we budget ahead. I go to the bank and I get out smaller bills so that it's easy to be able to give someone a five or a few dollars extra if they are helping you in some way. I know I love cruising because you can build your gratuity right onto your, your bill before you leave. So you don't have to have cash. I know that we always tip our wait staff because they go above and beyond. And those that also like take care of our room, our room attendants, we go above what the required gratuity is because they always take good care of us. I tend to do that as well. I tend to be more of a over tipper. I have run into clients who struggle with the whole concept of tipping, especially with something like an all-inclusive resort or those sorts of things. They feel like it should just be included. And in some ways it is. But I do think that there's kind of a misconception of where that money that you're paying is going. And I think that being able to tip the people that you are directly interacting with makes a big difference. And I know that I personally have offended people by this thought process at, at different times. But just like wait staff in the US, I mean, they don't get paid minimum wage. They are basically earning tips. And so if you don't tip, that's a big hit for their income for the night or for the day when they are waitressing or being a waiter. So let's go ahead and jump into our list of trips. So I had several that I just wanted to kind of talk about some of the ways that we tip. So the ones that we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about Disney. We're going to talk, and that would also apply to Universal as well. We're going to talk about cruises. We're going to talk about all-inclusives. And then we're going to talk about Europe, South America, other international getaways and destinations and how the tipping would work in these different places. So let's start with our favorite place. Walt Disney World. And we can also throw in Universal Orlando Resort into this as well. So a few of the things that I think about when I think about tipping at Disney, I think about meals, I think about bell services, I think about mousekeeping. Let's talk a little bit about each of these. Sharon, what are your thoughts on tipping at Disney? Yeah, so mousekeeping, I have to tell you, like I am was, I guess I stepped on my own toes because I was one of those ones that prior to our Disney trip, to be honest, I never really thought about tipping those who clean your room. And I have traveled before and had not done that. And then when we were leading up to our Walt Disney trip, and I don't know, it may be Jamie, it was you that mentioned it. And it like a light bulb went off. And I was like, oh my gosh, I had never thought about this before. So after doing research and just things like that, I was like, okay, I need to make sure I add that into the budget. So at Disney, I think one of the controversial sections is mousekeeping. Do you tip your mousekeeper? Um, that's the person who comes into your room and cleans daily. Of course, right now with COVID, that's not happening. But if we're just talking about normal world, if we're outside of COVID, because hopefully we're getting back to that point. For my family, we actually now love to tip our mousekeepers. Prior to our trips, we sit down and we create just thank you cards that we can do each day. The kids can color them. We can decorate. 
And each night or each morning before we head out, we just write, hey, we did this yesterday and we're doing this today and we're so excited and we can't wait to tell you all about it tomorrow, you know, about our experience and just bring them into our life a little bit more. Does it give you special privileges? Absolutely not. But what it may do is I know when my family went to Disney, our mousekeeper sometimes would make these just special characters out of the towels or the washcloths that we got, but not necessarily everybody else in our family who was in other rooms did. Again, it's nothing they are required to do. It was nothing we were expecting but at times they would write a note back to us. Oh, I love that restaurant. It's one of my favorites or things like that. And it was just a nice way to interact with them. Mousekeeping, I do highly suggest that you leave the tip every day because the person who's doing it on Monday may not be the same person who's doing it on Tuesday. And if you leave it towards the end of the week, then you know, or the end of your vacation, then you may not have shown that love to everyone who you interacted with whether you know it or not. So mousekeeping is now one of my favorites at Universal. We're going, um, if it wasn't COVID, I would be doing it at Universal or just any hotels in general. So that's just a one big way, especially at Disney. Yeah, I, I agree. And honestly, it wasn't until, I mean, I was in my early 30s before this was something I had thought about was, and now I tip at every hotel that we're at, even if I'm at like a Marriott, I'm still going to tip the housekeeper. It's just part of what I budget for because I, I do think that those are people that are usually overlooked and showing them a little love is a nice thing. And it's not that I keep my room a disaster. I don't. I'm pretty tidy, but I just think it's the going that extra mile for them. Other things at Disney, obviously Bell Services, if you do any tours, there's a lot of different magical extras. A lot of those aren't going right now due to due to COVID. But when those come back, tipping your tour guides, that's a big one. And then obviously meals. So at Disney, even if you are on the dining plan, gratuity is not included. This is something that you need to think about. So even if you book a package with the dining plan, yes, we are all hoping that comes back soon. You do have to include gratuity. And so I think that this is an important thing to think about and budget. And one issue that I have run into is I had a family of six and they wanted to be able to pay whatever gratuity they wanted. But as it turned out, if you have over six in your party, the gratuity is automatically added. You can ask to have it removed and then pay whatever you would like. But typically it is 18 to 20 percent is the gratuity that is automatically added. And so I have had clients that have been upset about that because it's not automatically included in the dining plan. But I do try to kind of early on in the process, talk to them about this so that they know, hey, this is something that's going to happen. This is something you need to budget for. You need to be ready for this as part of your Disney trip. Because a lot of meals on property are very expensive. So your gratuity, if you're paying 18 to 20%, can add up really fast over a week-long trip. So it is something to think about and budget for. Anything else on Disney? Yeah. So, I mean, I totally agree with meals. For me and my family, I love when we went as a large group that they added it. We were not offended. I 
that was just one less thing I had to think about. I just pretty much had to make sure the money was in the bank. And of course it was, you know, it was there and ready. And I didn't have to do math or anything like that. Just a tip, if you are just concerned about the budget starting to grow, because like you said, the table service meals are a little more expensive, you know, think about maybe not getting that alcoholic drink, which always raises the total price of that. Maybe say, okay, I'm not going to have a glass of wine or that fruity cocktail at every meal, maybe every other or something like that. Just think about those things that could increase your bill that would adjust that, that you could, you know, do a little give and take. Another thing to think about with tipping with Disney starting next year, the Magical Express is going away. So we will, you know, for our clients be coming up with plan B, which will turn into plan A on how to get from the airport to the resorts. But that will be another budgeting factor that comes into play starting next year, because now you don't have the Disney Magical Express, you know, that will be getting you from there. So that will be a a step up that maybe next year we can bring in and talk about if we discuss tipping again. Yeah. And and I will say that I personally do tip Magical Express too. I usually do between three to $5 per person. And depending on how many bags we have, if I don't have any bags, I'll probably go more on the lower end. But I, I do think they're another service that gets overlooked a lot of times. Yes, I agree with it. Let's go ahead and jump into cruises. Laura, I know you're a big cruiser. Why don't you give us a little bit of background on cruising and tipping from your perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Um, With most cruises, they do have gratuities that are added on for each person per day. That folio is given to you the night before you check out. If you have questions, you can take it to guest services and talk it over with them. Otherwise, it will just be charged to whatever card you have on file. We, like I said, always like to take extra either cash or add on to our bill to pay our wait staff. We have always had amazing wait staff who help cut up our kids' food. They always bring fruit right away so that they don't have to wait for their meals to come out. And they remember what you like to drink, whether that's chocolate milk. They knew my son was lactose intolerant, so they always brought out special milk for him at every meal. Um, And I just really appreciated that because they have a lot of people that they take care of and they still remembered the way that I like Diet Coke with lemon in it. And so that just makes you feel more special. Because of that, I do like to tip above and beyond what is given as part of your prepaid gratuities. And the same goes with your room attendance, which I think is, you know, similar to mousekeeping, but you do have the same room attendance for your the entire length of your cruise. On our last cruise, my husband's flip-flops broke. And so the room attendant actually took them and tried to glue the strap back together for him. (laughs) Unfortunately, it didn't work, but he gave my husband a pair of slippers. And so my husband wore slippers on the cruise ship most of the time, (laughs) except for when we went into like the nice dining restaurants and then he would put on his tennis shoes. But, you know, we just appreciated that and how they went above and beyond to help us and take care of us. And so we left a larger gratuity for them as well when we checked out. We just really appreciate how they really seem to care and would leave, you know, fun-shaped animals out of the towels and chocolates on the pillows for the kids and always a few extras as well, which was wonderful. Yeah, and I agree. I think most of the time when you're booking with us, we are going to go ahead and add those prepaid gratuities before you sail. 
So that will already be taken care of. So it won't show up on that folio at the end of your stay. So it's already budgeted in and taken care of. But I do find that I also tip above and beyond. Some examples are room steward. We were sailing over Christmas on one of our cruises that was on a Disney Cruise Line cruise. And we were sailing over Christmas. And I just, I felt horrible that all of these people were there taking care of us and not with their family. But they were so upbeat and happy about it. And so we did leave a substantial tip for our room steward on Christmas as kind of a thank you for, you know, spending their holiday with us. Also, things to think about on cruises, your waiters. Typically, we do also tip more for the waiters. On Norwegian's Pride of America, this is the ship that sails around the Hawaiian Islands. This is one of my favorite cruises. The ship itself is very small, but you are in port almost all the time. Basically, we got on the ship to eat dinner and take a shower and then get back up the next morning and go back out on the island. But we had our best server ever on the Norwegian ship. And technically, you have a different server every night, but we requested Derek every night. Derek is actually supposed to be going, I keep in touch with Derek as well on Facebook, but he's supposed to be going onto a new ship that will be in the Mediterranean starting this summer. Obviously, he's had, he's not been working for the cruise lines over the last year and a half. So he's anxious to get back to work, but he was truly amazing. Every night he went above and beyond for my trio. There were gifts. One night he had lays for all of them. And then he had been off in port that day and bought all of them chocolate macadamia nuts to have as part of their dinner. I have a picture with the kids with him. Like he was just amazing. Like he made us all feel amazingly special and still messages me about once a month just to see how we are and what's going on and and to catch up. So, I mean, I think it definitely makes your cruise when you can make those kinds of connections and have those kinds of interactions with people. And so He's one I definitely want to give a shout out to. But yes, I did tip him very well as well. Other things to think about with tipping on cruises, drinks at the bars. Usually I tip about a dollar per drink, depending on the situation. But that's always something to think about as well and budget for. And then also luggage services at the dock. So when you pull up to get on board the ship, they are going to take your baggage, your checked baggage, and put it on the ship for you. They're going to tag it if you haven't tagged it already, and they're going to take it away. I always tip those people quite well as well. It's a very heavy-duty job, lots of lifting, so I feel like they need a little extra as well. Anything else with cruising that you guys can think of? No, but this talk is really making me want to get back on a cruise ship. I love cruising, and since we've had the boys, we have not had a chance to go. They haven't been, and I'm just dying to get on. But, you know, they are. Like, the waiters, the waitresses, the room stewards, they are so fantastic, and they get to know you. I mean, I'm a grown adult. I was on a cruise. You know, I love creme brulee. It was only planned for one night. The next night, I'm like, I want some more of that creme brulee, and poof, like, it shows up out of nowhere. You know, (laughs) the makes it happen, or whatever it is. I mean, no matter how young or, or young at heart, I guess I should say, they make it special for you, whether they're on the clock or not. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times we've walked past one of our guys or one of our you know ladies or whatever, and they just stop and talk to us. Hey, how's your day going? I can't wait to see you tonight or whatever it was. You know, it just is amazing. And not just that too, but the casinos on cruise ships. Not all cruise ships have casinos, but if it does, you know, 
Robert and I usually like going. For us, that's our, uh, that's us buying a t-shirt. We know we're going in with this amount. We're not coming out with any of it, but we have a great time. <laughs> and, you know, especially like, it's how I learned how to play craps. We were on a carnival ship and there really wasn't anybody in the casino that night. And this lady, I don't remember her name, but she taught me how to play craps. She was like, listen, I can't tell you what to do, but I can teach you how to do it. And she did. And then we, she was actually, she had a ship transfer and was on our next ship that we had gone to a couple of years later. She's like, I know you. And I'm like, I know you too. And it took us a while. We're sitting there again in the casino. And I'm like, I remember you told me how to play craps. And I, you know, said the ship, you know, name. She's like, oh yeah, that's right. But those guests are not those guests, but those members, those team members also, you know, whether you're a high roller or not, just make sure you give them love because they really are. They have a special place in my heart because listen, I don't usually gamble, but I've learned some things, you know, just from there, just for fun, of course. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So I think that that rolls well into all-inclusive. So cruising and all-inclusives have similar tipping structures. You're going to be treated extra special at an all-inclusive as well. Laura, you want to go ahead and go through some of the things for tipping at all-inclusives for us? Yeah, I can. I haven't been to as many as you have. But I did just get back from a beaches, Turks and Caicos, and that is a sandals-owned resort. And so one of the things I noticed was all of the wait staff, whether it was the bartenders or your servers, wore a little button that said, please don't tip us. It's already included in your stay, which I thought was kind of surprising. But there were no tip jars on any of the bars, and they just weren't. That was not something they wanted. I don't know if that's because of COVID and they didn't want exchanging a lot of cash just because of the bacteria that that could lead to. But we did tip our drivers for the transfers back and forth from the airport and our housekeeping as well. So Sandals is a little bit different in that they do say no gratuities. However, I think you will find usually that if you slip them something, they will take it anyway. But it is. Sandals is a little bit different in the all-inclusive realm and that they do advertise the whole idea of all-inclusive with no tipping and no gratuities. So that is something to keep in mind depending on the resort that you choose and where you're staying. Sandals and beaches are typically no gratuities, though if someone does go above and beyond for you, I would still encourage you to you know, give them a little extra love. At a normal all-inclusive resort, something like a Secrets, a Dreams, Now, a Ryu, those sorts of resorts, Star, any of those, you're going to have a more traditional tipping structure. So there are some gratuities that are sometimes added in, but in most locations, they are still working for mostly tips. The money that they truly make is from the tips that are coming from the tourists who are there. They are paid usually a small hourly salary, but not really enough to truly do all the things that they would need to do to support their family. So some examples of all-inclusive tipping, things like the driver for transfers that Laura mentioned, I typically end up about $10 per person, depending on how long the ride is, how many bags, that sort of thing. The bellboy, when you first arrive at the resort, 2 to $5 per bag for them to bring your bag to your room. Bartenders, again, just like on the cruise ship, a dollar per drink. 
waiters and waitresses, usually I end up around five to $20 per meal. If you're eating hibachi, usually it's customary to tip both the chef and the waiter and waitress. And then for housekeeping, you're looking at again, five to $10 per day. So that's something to budget for. And then if you go on any excursions, the tour guide, the different people that are driving you, they should be tipped as well, looking at five to $20 per person, depending on the length of the excursion, what they do, the service that you experience. And then if you go to the concierge to book anything like dining, those sorts of things, spa treatments, usually five to $10, depending on what they're helping you with. So those are all kind of some general breakdowns for all inclusives. And this can add up pretty quickly. So there are some benefits. Sandals does usually price higher. So does beaches. So if you're looking at those options, that's part of why some of that is included. Um, If you're looking at the other resorts, this is something that you need to think about on top of that cost. Sharon, any thoughts here? Yeah, so I'm glad, you know, Laura brought up the beaches tipping. I actually spoke with someone a couple of months ago. It was right after, so it may have been a little more than a couple of months ago. It was right after Sandals made sort of that announcement that they would no longer be accepting tips or their employees would no longer be accepting tips. And I was speaking with someone who usually goes to Sandals a couple of times a year, and they were actually upset, like, they probably, in my opinion, they should be, you know, that this was the way it was. And they were like, I don't think we're going to go back to a Sandals resort until they sort of reverse this decision. Now, will Sandals reverse this decision because this one one person's not going to go? No. But we started, you know, talking about how tipping is controversial because, you know, some people don't think they should. This is the other way around. Um, This person's like, listen, I want to do this and they're not allowing me to do it, I'm not going to go to that resort any longer. I'm going to um, look at some other options that I can tip those who I interact with while on my vacation who are providing me that service. So that's just an interesting, at least I personally found it interesting, the aspect there. Yeah. And, and I think it goes both ways. I mean, I think you're going to find a little of everything. And I definitely have found that to be the case as you find people who do not want to tip and do not want to have to think about it. And then you also find people who, you know, are involved and want to tip and tend to be more over tippers. You find a little bit of everything. So we can help you find the right resort that would fit what you're looking for, no matter what that is. But it definitely ends up going both ways. So the last part that I kind of want to just touch on briefly is international trips and things like Europe. So every country that you go to is going to have a different perspective on tipping and how how they want tipping to be handled. In some places in Europe, tipping is really not something that they want to have you do. In some in some places it's considered rude. So it's really something that, you know, you need to talk with your travel agent about and discuss before you travel. So in Europe especially, they do pay their wait servers, wait staff well. And so tips are kind of just more small bonuses. They aren't a main income stream like they are for wait staff in the US. So it, it does make a difference. So if you are traveling internationally, this is just something to think about and talk to your travel agent about so that you can have a good idea of where you want to end up. Yeah, and definitely. I think you also need to 
make sure you're prepared because I know when we have traveled to Europe, like when we went to Scotland, the hotel we stayed at had a doorman. He was not the concierge. His job was to open and close the door whenever a guest came through. Of course, he does so much more than that. He really became a, a friend of Robert and I, you know, when we were there that week. And he he helped us out a lot and just gave us some good insider tips that he at all did not have to do. But you don't think about those things because in the United States, we really don't have that. There are hotels that do. I'm saying that I'm not saying they don't exist. But if you go to your local courtyard or Marriott or even Sheraton, no, you're not going to have a doorman more than likely. But so you just need to think about those aspects that other countries do have or those jobs that other countries do have that you will want to tip that, you know, you may not may not necessarily think about. Of course, we're going to help our clients through that. But for those of our listeners who maybe aren't booking through a travel agent, which is a whole nother conversation we need to have with you, we're going to refer you back maybe to our other podcast on why you should book with a travel agent. But if there happens to be a listener who doesn't, make sure you're Googling these things and really getting the information you need. I agree. So basically, we've gone through some of the major trips that we book. Obviously, we specialize in these types of vacations, cruises, all-inclusives, Disney, Universal, and Hawaii too. But those are all of our specialties. But we can obviously book you a trip anywhere in the world and help you work through the different factors that impact tipping. Let's go ahead and move into our Crushed It segment for this week. So this week, I wanted to talk about packable coolers. So I am preparing for my trip to Hawaii. And one of the things that I am packing, even though we are only taking carry-ons and we're going to do laundry there because I don't want to pay baggage fees because I'm that person, I'll pay to tip you. I'll tip you a bunch, but I'm not going to pay to check my bag. So it's all good. It's all good. But so one of the things that I am packing is a packable cooler. And mine is actually a pineapple. I got it from Target last summer. I think it was like 12 or 13 bucks but it is a pineapple. So I'll have to post some pictures of that while we're traveling. One of the nice things that we like to do is kind of pack, you know, food for a drive, food for a theme park day, picnics, especially in Hawaii, we will pack like a picnic lunch and then go to the beach for the day. And so we'll have drinks and snacks to have while we're at the beach. And so it's just nice to have a packable cooler for this sort of thing. Laura, do you have a favorite packable cooler or anything that you use with your family and your kids when you're traveling? I do. I have a few, but lately I've been using, actually, it was a gift from you because you planned our Disney cruise. And when we arrived in our room, we had this really great little Disney cooler that had some other fun things inside of it as well. And I use that one a lot. I love how versatile it is. It has a couple different pocket segments to put things into and it is collapsible. So if we're traveling, and not using it right away, it folds relatively flat to take in our suitcases. And we love to pack snacks as well if we're going somewhere, especially like a beach day or a lake day, so that we can, once we get there, we don't have to think about anything else and just enjoy our time there. Yeah, I, I agree. And when you're traveling with kids, snacks snacks are a must-have. Sharon, do you have a favorite packable cooler that you use? No, so I don't. I have to admit, I feel like 
that emoji, the monkey with his eyes covered. I've used that a lot this week. I'm not sure why, <laughs> but I mean, I think like I'm the mom who like, all right, we're going to take this road trip and we're going to pack these snacks and these drinks and do, 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 do. And then we get up close to it and I'm like, who am I kidding? Yeah, we're just going to stop at the gas station and buy something because <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm always been a snacker and a packer. So, that, I mean, maybe it's having three so close together that I just felt like I had to. But yeah. I'm also the one who got stopped in security for a go-go squeeze applesauce and got pat down. So, Oh, that happened to me, too. I had so <laughs> many snacks packed in our carry-on that they pulled me aside and they're like, are you serious right now? What are these? And they were all those little applesauce squeezies. And yeah. I got the full pat down for my little go-go squeeze applesauce. So, you know, it's, it's all good. It's all good. But something to think about and keep in mind. So for our Hawaii trip, we will pack some snacks in our carry-on bags for the flight, but I am packing the cooler flat and I will have that in my carry-on then once we arrive for different things and for beach days and that sort of thing. So I am going to link to a cute packable cooler that I found with some pineapples on it, but I can't find the cooler that I actually have that's a pineapple. But I will link to this cute pineapple one in our show notes if that's something you're interested in. And I'm going to rate this one four and a half pineapple rings just because it's not actually the one I have, but it is still super cute. And I think it would be great and pack really well. So anyway, to wrap us up today, thank you, Laura and Sharon, for chatting with me today about tipping and how to budget for it as part of your vacation. You can find all of our Pineapple Escapes agents on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com. And our site includes links to all of our Travel Tidbits episodes, plus information about all of our agents and links for all of our social media. We'd love to have you join our community. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of the Travel Tidbits podcast hosted by Pineapple Escapes. Travel makes life sweeter. Let the experts help you plan a vacation with lasting memories. We'd love to help you plan your next vacation and have you join our community. You can find us on the web at www.pineappleescapes.com and on Facebook and Instagram at Pineapple Escapes. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.